Welcome to The Way Church. We're glad you're joining us for today's message. For sermon notes, service times, and more information, check us out online at thewaychurchva.com. Now let's join Pastor Matt Rothy with this week's message. lesson for this morning is going to be the basis and the consideration for our sermon this morning. Our scripture section that we're going to look at is from Mark chapter 11. This is the Palm Sunday account from Mark's gospel. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you. And just as you enter it, you'll find a colt there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord needs it, and I will send it back here shortly. They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, what are you doing untying that colt? They answered, as Jesus had told them too. And the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloak, and when they brought the cloak to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple courts. He looked around at everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the 12. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise be to you, O Christ. You may be seated. When someone is coming over to your house, what do you do? What's your, what's your action plan? What's your response when you know that guests are coming to your house? Well, it depends, doesn't it? It depends who is coming, why they're coming, and really how they're coming. I mean, those, those things kind of dictate how you're going to respond. Can I give you three examples? Here's, here's the three most recent guests, two invited, one not invited, uh, to come to my house. The first one, the who? It was the Xfinity cable guy. He came to my house and, well, that's who he was and why he was there. It was to make sure my house had internet. It was to perform a service. And, and how did he come? I'm not talking about he drew, drove a work van. No, I'm talking about the attitude with which he came. He was really nice. He came on time. Would you believe that? Right at 4.30, he was there. On top of that, he like was really considerate. He asked to put like those little like, you know, boots on when he came into our house. And he got to work right away. Had this like real workman-like attitude with it. So what was my response? I said, thank you. I, I did everything I could to make his job easy. My wife laughed at me, but I even asked him if I could, if I could help him. And and he let me. He, he told me to go find where the internet came into our house. That's the why. That's the who. That's the how. And so that's how I responded. Here's the, here's the second guest. Not invited. 
a salesman, uh, a, a home warranty or a, a home security salesperson came to my house. That's, that's the who. Why'd they come? Pretty straightforward. They wanted to sell me something. And, and how did they come? I'm not gonna lie, it was, it was a little uncomfortable. I just returned from an errand. I was on the phone in my, in my driveway and they pulled right up. And even though they were uninvited and I didn't know why they were there they, and they saw I was on the phone, they, they just started talking to me. They just went right into their, their pitch, if you will. So how did I respond? Well, I, was, I was kind, I was courteous. I, I listened to them, but after a while it was, it was time to go. Third, third guest to come to our home is my in-laws. It's my father and mother-in-law, my sister and my brother-in-law. That's who came. And why did they come? It's to celebrate Thanksgiving. It's to celebrate Thanksgiving and, of course, see the grandkids and even help us unpack some boxes. So how did I respond? I was super grateful. I was super thankful. And it was a joy-filled occasion. How do you respond when someone comes to your house? Well, who's coming? Why they're coming? And how they show up? That necessarily dictates how you and I are gonna respond, right? Can I give you one more? I know I said three, but one more. Jesus. Jesus. Your Savior is coming to you. What do you do? How do you respond? We're starting a new worship series called The King Shall Come. And more important, more significant really than just starting a new worship series, we're, we're starting a new church year. And with that, we're, we're starting the season of Advent. Advent means coming. It is an opportunity to step back and, and reflect on why Christ is, is coming into the world. He's, he's coming, why? Well, he came the first time in order to save us. Second, we, we think about the fact that he comes still and, and we cherish those opportunities to, to see the ways he comes to us through word and sacrament. And third, the fact that he's coming back again means that, well, there's a guest coming to our homes. There's a guest coming to us that we need to get ready for. Is, is Advent a big deal? Well, it depends. Who's coming? Why are they coming? And how do they come? A gospel lesson for today comes from Mark chapter 11. It, it's the story, the account of, of Palm Sunday. And at first, when you read that, you might think, why in the world are we starting off the Christmas season, the Advent season, with an Easter, a Palm Sunday, a Holy Week account? Doesn't really make much sense, does it? Well, here's the truth. Since the 8th century, Christians have been reading Mark's gospel, or really any of the gospel's account of Palm Sunday, as we start out the church year, as we start out Advent, not because it makes sense chronologically, it's because it makes so much sense symbolically. It makes so much sense as we look at the idea of coming and, and who is coming. We see that it's, it's Christ the King, but what Mark's gospel here does is really, it takes us another level deeper to understand the true identity of this King. And we also won't miss, we won't miss why he's coming and how he's coming. Mark's gospel begins by talking about the fact that, well, 
a king is coming. And we said, we said it's imperative to know when, when we get ready for someone coming to us, to our home, we, we understand who is coming. And you probably, you probably get that. We know Jesus is coming. He's the Messiah. Let me ask it a different way. Do you think the crowds in Jerusalem know who is coming? I mean, after all, they, they shouted the praises. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of the father David. Hosanna in the highest. Did they know who this was? I mean, did they know that Zechariah, the prophet, hundreds and hundreds of years before this, he, he said your king's gonna come. He even said how your king's gonna come. He's gonna come gentle. He's gonna come on a donkey. Did they know? The reality is that some did, but most did not. Most didn't really realize who was coming into Jerusalem that day. You see, what had happened is over the years, God's people kind of morphed the promises that God had given them about the Messiah. And that's putting it nicely. They, they, they took them and they, they really turned them upside down. They perverted them. And no longer were they looking forward to a savior, a savior who would come and help them spiritually. They just wanted someone who was gonna come and, and help them politically. So yeah, they sang the praises that they're quoted here in Mark 11 from Psalm 118, shouts of Hosanna, blessed is the coming king, the son of David. But Hosanna to them? Likely, it was, it was just a generic term of praise. Like, yay, yay. And you say, how do you know that? That's not just my interpretation. John, the apostle John, one of Jesus' disciples who was there on Palm Sunday, who was reflecting about all of this, he himself had no clue. None of the disciples did. He, he writes about this in John chapter 12, John's account of Palm Sunday. He says at first, at first his disciples didn't understand all of this. They didn't understand why he was coming the way he was, why they were shouting these things. When did they? Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Why do I ask the question about who is coming in terms of if the crowds there understood who is coming? It's because there might just be more in common with the crowds on Palm Sunday than the little crowd gathered here on this Sunday. Do we want a bespoke Messiah ourselves? Custom-made Messiah. You know, the Israelites did. They want one that was going to come and really free them from Rome's rule. They wanted one who was going to come and really finally give them back their nation. What do you want in Jesus? In a tailored-made, custom-fitted Savior. The only thing that's really different from each and every person here is, well, what we're looking for in him. Some people are, are looking at Jesus and, and they want him to be a distributor of goods. Maybe a life coach. Maybe a teacher They'll take that part, someone who, who leads a good life and teaches us by virtue of his example how, how we should. What do you look at when, when you look at Jesus? Is he merely a therapist? 
He's good. He's good. But is that who he is? Yeah, it's so easy to, to join in and say, Hosanna, Hosanna, yes, Hosanna to the king who establishes righteousness and justice and puts everything in line. But Hosanna, oh, hold on. <laughs> Me? Give up <laughs> living a, a certain way, doing certain things? I don't know about Jesus like that. We look at Jesus and we hear the, the shouts of, Hosanna, Hosanna, but hold on. This is a king who, who demands full allegiance and not just somebody I can casually kind of acquaint myself with. Hosannas, Hosannas to the king. Yes, a king who is in power and, and rules over everything. Hold on. When this same God rules over everything, even hard things like challenges, and says, Yeah, these I'm calling you to carry. Be like me. Make no mistake about it, it was a king who came on Palm Sunday. The crowds there, they, they said it. They said the words, Hosanna to the son of David. Hosanna to the coming kingdom of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have Jesus right in front of us like them. But do we always realize who it is? Do we shout the Hosannas because we understand the king that he is? will we respond? We're asking that question. How do you respond when you know someone's coming? The king, he is coming. Will it be with hosannas or, oh, hold on, I have other things to do. Will it be with shouts of hosanna or, how do we, how do we treat this anything special? It seems like just regular worship. No, king comes, he comes to you. How is it that We'll respond. It's imperative. We, we, need to, we need to know what our reaction is, how we're going to treat this guest. We ask the question, we need to know who's coming, but also why they're coming. Second thing to consider, why is this king coming? I mean, kings don't normally come to their people, do they? I mean, we don't have kings in this country, but think in terms of the president. Why does the president come to people? Normally, he just administers, he governs, he, he does what he needs to do from a pretty removed, pretty safe distance, right? But what are the reasons why a president might come and, and be with people? You can probably think of more, but I thought of two reasons why, two places I've ever seen presidents walking around among normal people in normal neighborhoods. It's when there's a disaster, right? Presidents go and they, they visit places after there's been some kind of tragedy. But why do they do that? Well, they certainly don't go there to pull people out of the water or to put out the fires themselves. No, they, they go there after things have calmed down, things are safe, and they go there. Why? Well, it's usually to apologize that this happened, that maybe the government's response wasn't what it should be. But the other reason? It's to, it's to drum up support. It's so people are aware of this. In the age of media, it's so that the cameras see them here and, and the world's attentions are drawn here and so that, well, people will help out. 
Second reason why you might see a president among people is when it's an election. It's when they walk around and, and they come to you. Why? Well, because they want something from you. It's your vote. They want you to vote for them. Why does this game come? It couldn't be more different. He, he comes and he comes to throw himself into the fray. He comes to throw himself into our disaster where we're drowning in the waters and he does it, why? To save us. He comes and he's not afraid to get his hands dirty and he comes not to take something from you and he doesn't want your vote. No, he comes to give you everything that's his. That's what Hosanna means. Did you know that's what they were shouting? They were shouting a, a, pre, a plea, a prayer. Lord, help us. Lord, save us is what Hosanna means. And so now we have to ask, if, if that's why he's coming and he's coming to save us, what's he coming to save us from? Isaiah chapter 64 gets at it in a really, really interesting way. Isaiah chapter 64, the prophet starts out by saying, yes, King, Jesus, Messiah, come. What we want you to do is tear open the heavens. Come and destroy all of our enemies. That's how the chapter starts out. And then the prophet realizes something. That would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? We're not for the fact that, well, wait, all of us, all of us have become like one who is unclean. All our righteous acts, even, even the good things we do, yeah, are like filthy rags. We all shrivel, shrivel up like a leaf. And like the wind, our sins sweep us away. This is how he ends this, the, the chapter. Don't be angry beyond measure, Lord. Do not remember our sins forever. Oh, look on us, we pray, for we are all your people. The king comes, and he comes why? He comes on account of sin, for the reason of sin, and to do something with it. I want you to think about this. Imagine if the king or, or the president really did come to your house. I don't know about you, but if he just showed up at my door, I'd be kind of embarrassed. It's kind of messy. I wouldn't want to let the president know that, well, this is actually how I live, that what I put forward on the outside I actually don't have it all together, completely organized on the inside. I wouldn't want really the president to come just unannounced because, well, the president, the king, and then there's me, royalty and, and not. There would be some discomfort there. And yet there's no discomfort with this coming king. He comes, and while he is simultaneously a king, he, he actually comes on account of sin. He comes and transforms into a garbage man, if you will. He comes for the very reason of taking the trash out. He is not bothered by what he sees, the mess, the filth, the, the unrighteousness. No, he comes to give us all of his righteousness. This is what we read about in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, that he came full of grace. He came to give you all of his love in his son. He came to do what? Enrich you. Enrich you in every way so that you would have all knowledge. Knowledge about what? Who he is, that he is your king. And at the very same time, he is your father. And he also calls you his friends, that this is what he did. And why did he come? Fills you with all kind of knowledge and, and speech. Speech to say what? 
Hosanna, Hosanna in the term of a joyful praise song that understands that yes, he did come. He did come to save and he's coming again. Not to, not to save us again, but to bring about the culmination of his saving act, to bring his kingdom and bring us into it. That's who he is. That, that's, that's, why, that's why he's come. And the last one, the last one we need to answer, how's he coming? And this one's worth looking at because how he comes, it's, it's uniquely informative to what we do, to how we respond. How does our Savior come? He comes humbly. He comes gently, riding on a donkey. It's prophesied by Zechariah. It's fulfilled by Jesus. He comes not with chariot or not with a war horse. He comes on a donkey, lowly. And he comes, and he comes in such a way where he isn't arrogant about it. He's like, guys, you know why I'm here. Guys, you don't know the praises that you're actually saying. No, he's not a know-it-all. He comes with compassion, he looks on the crowds there and he, he actually weeps knowing what's about to happen at the end of the week, that he'll die for them. He comes gently, he comes lowly, he comes humbly, and at the very same time, he comes powerfully. He comes with all power and all knowledge. I mean, think about this. He is coming at this time, fulfilling this divine promise of exactly how he would come. He is coming, and you see it clearly here that he is in control of all things. He not only puts together this master plan on a macro level that he's coming to save, but on a micro level. The disciples' mission, he, he tells them exactly what's going to be said, where the cult is going to be. He's in control of all things. He's coming, and he's going to die, but not according to the Israelite leader's timeline, but his. He comes to fulfill all prophecy. He comes to pursue us patiently. He's in control of any, everything. And yet with lowly pomp, he comes not in the grand things of life, but really the ugly things. He, he comes in death. This is how he comes. And I said it is particularly uniquely informative for how he comes, for how we respond. It's because to reflect on the way, the manner in which Christ comes and did come then is really to reflect on the way in which he comes still today. How does your God come to you? Well, he promises you he's coming. He comes to you still, and he does it through words. Plain old words read by plain old pastors and parents and friends and neighbors. He just comes in words. And he comes in the sacraments, but what is it? It's, it's just water. Water, yes, with promise to be sure and, and words that give it power. But it's common bread. It's just, it's just wine. He comes in, in humble ways still. How will we respond? Well, there's something interesting that, that happens 
to the crowds in, in verse 11. After shouting, blessed is he, Hosanna, who comes in the name of the Lord. Where are the crowds going? Verse 11. I don't know. They're not there. I mean, Scripture doesn't tell us where they go, but here's what we know. What did Jesus do? He didn't go to Pontius Pilate's palace and say, it's over, I'm here. He didn't take on any Roman centurions. He went to church. And because it was late, he went home. And who was with him? The crowds carrying him on their shoulders still. No. It's just the 12th. I don't know where the crowds went. Scripture doesn't tell us, but here's what you and I do know by experience. We know that when things are not spectacular, there's usually not a lot of interest. When things are rather normal, interest wanes. When there's not a spectacle, people lose interest fast. Will you? We're asking the question, how are we going to respond? What are you going to do as Christ comes? And, and, to, and to know and to answer that, we need to know why he's coming and who he is that's coming, but also how he came, how he is coming. He's coming humbly. So what will you do? Let's answer that. We've been asking it throughout this sermon and before, before I give an analogy, maybe an example to help us think through that, can I give one a caveat? He's coming. He's coming to you. He's coming for you. But in this analogy, don't lose sight of the fact that we're not the host with the most. He is. The better analogy would be that he's coming to us who are, who are drowning, and, he, and he's, he's diving in after us. He's the king. He's coming with his ruling activity, and his ruling activity is a salvific one. His ruling activity is saving. But we'll go on with the analogy nonetheless. How are you going to respond when he comes? Well, what do you do when people come to your house? You might clean up a little bit. You might put things in order, right? And so we do. During the season of Advent, we we confess our sins, we, we prioritize rightly our Savior. But even as you do that, remember this, that your king comes, and he comes to put everything right between you and God, and he's already done it. What do you do when, when someone comes to your house? You, you might clean up, and you might also take out the trash. But even as you do that, as you, as you repent from those things in your life and, and get rid of those things that would be offensive and are offensive to God, know this. He's a king, but he's also a garbage man. He's happy to roll up his sleeves and get his hands messy. From the birth canal at Christmas to the blood at Calvary, he has come here for the sole purpose of taking away all of our sins and getting rid of all our trash. And you heard the good news. He, he doesn't even remember it. He forgets your sins. How do we respond as, as we get ready for our coming king? We might, we might make a meal if we have guests coming to our home. But even as you do that, as you offer up your praise and, and, 
give a thank offering to God in, in many different ways, know this. He's already set the table for you. He's the bread of life. He is the one who has come. And yeah, even this baby in Bethlehem, yep, he's the one who gave his own flesh and blood for you. So that when you partake of it, which we will, you might receive all of his gifts. So what are you going to do? What's left? We say thanks. We say thanks for coming. Thanks for coming to our king. And I don't know, I don't know how many in the crowd on that Palm Sunday realized what they were saying when they said, Hosanna in the highest heavens. Blessed is the coming kingdom of David. But I do know this. You know who's coming. You know why. And you know how he's coming. And so you get to shout those praises with all joy and with all gladness. Hosanna. Amen.